0: This is Bishop Michael Curry, and you're listening to The Way of Love. In this episode, we're talking about the practice we call pray. Dwell intentionally with God
1: each day.
2: May the way open before
3: you.
1: Welcome back to The Way of Love, a podcast from the Episcopal Church about following Jesus and changing the world. In season two, we're talking about the way of love beyond the church walls. I'm Kyle Oliver, and I'm here with Sandy Millian.
4: Thanks, Cal. This is our episode about some less traditional practices of prayer. Our guest in the second half of the show will be Roger Hotchison, author of The Painting Table as well as a new children's book about the way of love.
1: But first we'll hear about prayer from another perspective. Let's let Bishop Curry's guest introduce herself and then he'll kick off their conversation.
3: I'm Andrea McKellar. I'm the ministry developer for the Episcopal Church in South Carolina and a member of Executive Council.
0: I've known Andrea off and on over the years for, for quite a while. And I've actually seen you at work and, and yeah. in a variety of contexts and capacities. And you do look like a centered person normally. I mean, they actually, I mean, some people just <laughs> I have, have my that.
3: moments. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well,
0: imagine that I'm not presiding bishop. I'm just Mike Curry off the street. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know if I go in church, I'm supposed to have an experience of God or at least know I'm in the house of God or something like that but is it really possible and if so how can you actually be in touch with the sacred with God with the holy with the extraordinary in some way that's not crazy
3: Yeah. Well, I've worked for the church for almost 10 years. And when you work for a church, sometimes Sunday isn't your Sabbath time. Yes. I would agree that. Yeah, right. So I had to really work to figure that out. And I had small children when I went into that. And so I had to figure Mm -hmm. out a time that I could have my own centering prayer. And what I found was that I could get up early and while my kids were still asleep and my husband was home with them, I could go for walks. Mm. And so that's really become my time. I do it when I travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if I'm somewhere like Canuga, I get to get up and do hikes in the morning is uh,
0: up what was Yeah.
3: Canuga is yeah. a conference center in North Carolina. Oh okay um, okay. And so it's in the mountains. So I love getting to go to the top of the mountain and do morning prayer there. Or Uh, um, if I'm in a city, I love walking around and seeing the city wake up. Those things you wouldn't see (laughs) at the same time at noon. Chicago's a great one. I love watching Chicago wake up. You can walk to the lake and all the things that are going on there. But at home, I just walk in the neighborhood. I listen Hmm. to different podcasts a lot. Pray as you go is an app I love doing in the morning.
0: Pray as you go. Pray Pray as you go. Go.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, they'll they'll do a little some. reading for the day, a little reflection, some music. Yeah, so that's one way I found that I can have some quiet time to prepare myself for the craziness that is the rest of my life.
0: So you you actually do use AIDS, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, like praise your go, your app on your phone and that kind of stuff. Do you ever talk to anybody when when you're in your... (laughs)
3: <laughs> I have, sometimes I will, if I'm traveling for a conference or something and someone really wants to go, I'll take them with me, but that's really my quiet time. This an, is your quiet time. I'm an introvert. And when you're a mom, you have someone next to you all the time. So it's pretty much the only time I'm by myself each day. And so I really enjoy having that. Can night. I ask you, what do you do? How do you, I mean, I'm curious. How do you, what do you do? Yeah. Sometimes it's just as simple as walking. I just go through the list of people I pray for in my head as I walk, mm. to specifically thinking as I take those steps. I also, I have another app called Ceaseless Prayer, and so it sends three names to me each morning. So those are people I add. So today, actually, one of the presiding bishop staff was one uh-huh. of the people that popped up for me to pray for today. And so it's great because it adds three people that might not necessarily be people you think of, but sometimes it's Delta, which I've decided they probably Delta? need. Delta? Yeah. Well, it's Yeah, because the they're in my they, <laughs> The airline, because it's in my phone list. So I've decided that Delta needs prayer, too. So I pray for whatever comes up.
0: So the Ceaseless Prayer app will actually take your contact list mm-hmm. and just kind of It just pick, picks creates three. Create a prayer list. Mm-hmm. That so, you ever do nothing?
3: Sometimes. What's my like? brain's always going. <laughs> so, so
0: is that really prayer time?
3: For me, it is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, why would you call it prayer? Because it is time where I feel connected to God. Mm-hmm. It, it's time where mm-hmm. I have stripped away all the distractions. And it's sometimes it's just a conversation with God. The other day, it was interesting. I had music on, I was listening to the Moana soundtrack. And I was saying, thank you, God, for different things. And the song, You're Welcome, came on right then. Oh, And it was like, God was saying back yeah. to me, you're welcome, right as I was saying, thank you for this day. And It was Mm. so powerful with just the Moana soundtrack, but it really it felt like a conversation with God. So it was a holy moment.
0: What I hear you saying is, I mean, actually, this is helpful to me. Yeah. The intention of just spending time is like the psalmist. It was Psalm forty-six: "Be still and know that I am God."
3: Mm -hmm.
0: It's just kind of just 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 chill. Yeah. Just chill and know I'm
3: God. That's where I feel most connected. Yeah. Wow.
0: It's pretty awesome. Yeah.
3: That's good. And
0: anybody can do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it doesn't cost a penny.
3: Nope. Just take the time. Just take the
0: time.
4: Where and when do you feel most connected with God? Is there a place in your life where a particular time of day you could more regularly commit to a form of prayer that feels natural to you? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we've heard a bit about walking and using apps to pray, and now we're going to talk about prayer and creativity. Sandy?
4: In today's episode, we have with us Roger Hutchison. Roger, welcome. And if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure.
2: I'm the director of Christian Formation and Parish Life at Palmer Memorial Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. I'm an artist, writer, writer. I've been involved in Christian formation as a lay leader since I was 17 years old. I'm now 46 years old, so I've been in it a long time. And I have sort of discovered this passion almost by accident of working with art, using art to help folks tell their story, to navigate grief in a creative way, to pray in a different way than with words, using color.
4: And one of those books is the painting table. So how did this book com- come to be?
2: When I was young, my, my favorite place, I guess my earliest memory of church, was around my grandmother's kitchen table. It's where we held hands, it's where we prayed together, it's where we broke bread and shared a delicious meal. And we were all welcome at that table. And when she passed away, the only thing that I really wanted was her kitchen table. And so it came to live in my house and we put it in a guest bedroom. And that is where I found myself painting or writing or paying the occasional bill. And one night while I was painting at the table, I was frustrated with what was going on. And I took the paintbrush, threw it in the trash can and put my fingers directly into the paint hmm. and began to paint in a way that was transformative hours passed before I realized what had happened. And for me, that was really my first experience, I think, of the holy, of God, of prayer and in a way that I had
1: never experienced. Hmm. What do you think it was about the difference between using the brush and using your hands?
2: The goal often with a brush is to find perfection, to create something specific. And for me, it was that, I don't know, it was almost as if I stuck my hands directly as Thomas reaching his hands right in and and having to feel directly the wound. And and for me, that is how painting is. I, I don't use brushes. I paint with my fingers now. And really it's because the painting becomes prayerful I enter into it, the colors move, and I never know what I'm going to paint.
1: Are there other connections that seem relevant to you between creativity and prayer?
2: You know, for me, art and faith are deeply tied together. There's not one without the other. And creating art or creating music or writing a poem as prayer um, comes out of a hunger and desire for beauty, truth, honesty, justice. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the same reason we are people of faith. God is in the beautiful and the ugly, the joy and the pain. It's through creation and appreciation of art that I personally have seen the face of God. I I love the whole idea of breaking open the the idea of prayer and seeing it in a, a different light because so much is us talking and much less listening. And so when I'm doing the art piece, I can't put my fingers on my iPhone because it's covered in paint. Hmm. I, I can't be distracted. And I, and for me, I enter into that and, and it becomes a very
1: holy place. So Roger, could you tell listeners a little bit about what's in the book without without sure. giving it away and, and what you're hoping they would uh, sort of take away from the experience?
2: It's really actually a very simple little book. It's very small. It tells basically the story that I just shared with you. And then in the back of the book, it has a journal where the reader is invited to do their own storytelling, to do their own Mm -hmm. um, journaling. And the pages are large and blank, and, and you can Draw or paint, or you know, whatever you want to do on those pages. At the top of those pages, they're guiding words that lead you through things such as fear, or worry, or joy, or a variety of different things. And then there are these quotes or Bible verses, things that just give you a little bit of guidance as you begin to use that. For some reason, I have been recognized for grief work. I'm not a grief expert, but this book came out at a very powerful time in our world, right around the time that the shootings took place in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook Elementary. So the painting table has a connection to Sandy Hook. And that is, I believe, why grief at that point became sort of what I now do.
1: Could you say more about that connection, Roger?
2: I received a phone call and asked if I would come to Newtown Connecticut to Trinity Episcopal Church in Newtown and paint with the children of that congregation and in the midst of that congregation they lost one of their children in that mm-hmm. shooting mm-hmm. It was a congregation that was hurting, and and it was a congregation that was trying to figure out, you know, of course, the adults didn't know what to say. And so they just needed a space to pray and create and share and tell their stories. And I remember I was very teary. I I couldn't imagine that I had anything to offer um, Mm -hmm. to this group. I had never experienced, of course, anything Like that, and to sort of enter that space for me was one of the most powerful things I've ever been a part of, and truly changed me at a cellular level. You know, they were expecting 12, it was on a Friday evening. We ended up with about 60 people present. And in that room, there were children, parents, as well as their Sunday school teachers. And some of these children were in the hallway in the space where the shooting took place. I didn't do a lot of talking, but I provided a space. There was a candle on each table. There were art supplies in the, in the center of the tables. And I opened it by just saying I was glad and honored to be in this space with them and that I wanted to invite them to begin to create and to paint. And it was just a really powerful moment. The rhythm in that space was incredible.
4: So you have a new book coming out in January that it's called The Very Best Day, The Way of Love for Children. Can you tell us a little bit about this new project and why is it geared towards children specifically?
2: Sometimes we work to say too much and in and, and, and a, and a book like a children's <laughs> book, so much can be said with so few words and and with with colorful images. And so that's what I wanted to do. Really, the goal is introduce these practices for a Jesus-centered life for children. And it's written really for ages three through 10 and their families and through accessible language and age-appropriate themes. It really addresses children and the importance of rhythm and practice in their lives as Christians. The earlier we can do this and teach this and model this, and live this with our children, the healthier and stronger and happier and sort of holy in the sense of WH and holy, just H, um, their lives will be, you know, meditation and and breathing. I speak of that in the book. There are all Mm -hmm. kinds of things that I think that we miss out with our children. Mm -hmm. What do
1: you have to say about prayer in the new book? I'm
2: happy to share
1: a little piece, piece, a
2: little little reading, if I may. This This is just a little segment of the piece about prayer. When thankful or afraid, I say a prayer. I know in my heart that Jesus is there. With hands raised high or down on my knees, I cry out and he calms the rough seas. Sometimes I hurt and want to hide. I'm not alone. He's by my side. Jesus always loves me and shows me the way. This has been an emotional day. At a table, his friends were gathered there. With gentleness and love, he taught them this prayer. And then I share the Lord's Prayer. That was beautiful. Thank you. for that. Thank you. Yeah.
4: Thanks for joining us today. This episode was produced by Kyle Oliver and me, Sandy Milien, and was edited by Kyle. Our theme and reflection music is by Ana Hernandez. Jerusalem Gear writes our reflection guides. Chris Sikema writes our show notes. Our website is by Caleb Heitzman, and you can check it out at wayoflove.episcopalchurch.org. You can learn more about Roger and find links to his work at RogerHutchison.org.
1: You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd especially love it if you rate and review it or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contribute music, a prayer, or feedback, write us at wayoflove at episcopalchurch.org.
4: This is Wendy Claire Berry from Brooklyn, New York. Holy One, quiet our minds and open our hearts that we might learn to pray with and without words, in action and in art, with our bodies and with our imaginations, knowing that our intentions lifted in love will rise to meet your great love. Amen.
0: The way of Jesus is the way of love, and the way of love can change the world.
4: You're invited to join thousands of Episcopalians, neighbors, and friends this summer at the Love Always Revival at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. On Saturday, June 22nd, Get immersed in inspiring worship and community. Deepen your love for God. Kick off the 81st General Convention and extend a warm welcome to folks discovering the Episcopal Church. The Revival is free to attend, so bring your friends. If you're from a neighboring diocese, check in with your diocesan revival champion to find out about group travel options. You can find more information along with registration at iam.ec. Love always.